0: Welcome to Intimacy Play, a podcast by Pleasy Play. We host open discussions with world-leading experts on couples, sex, and intimacy, so you can build a more exciting, fun, and intimate relationship. I'm your host, Michaela Silva. Hi, everyone. Today, we're joined by an alumni, if I can call him like that, uh, which is Aviv Akande. He's a writer, a speaker, a sexologist, and a historian, I know. And he's got a day job too. So Habib has actually authored seven books on the topics of race and sex in African and Muslim cultures. He specializes in topics such as women's sexual rights, erotism, female orgasms in Islam and African cultures. And I don't know how many more topics, Habib, you know so much and you talk about so much. And there's one thing that I want to add. Habib also shares his knowledge through workshops about the clitoris, kinyaza, female ejaculation, at international conferences and universities. So after this very long intro, how are you, Habib?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Michaela. Thank you for having me. How are you?
0: I'm good. So I didn't say why you're an alumni, because you've been here with us, right?
1: Yes, we spoke um, about kinyaza and the orgasm gap. It was a really enjoyable discussion.
0: I can say that's one of the most heard episodes we have on the podcast so if you haven't heard it trust me go and hear it either whether you're a female or a male I'm sure you're gonna love it why is it so good Habib?
1: I think because um, I'm addressing a topic which not, not many people talk about which is the obviously within the context of a heterosexual relationship, um, trying to understand what are some of the sexual problems and expectations that both men and women have, and then also how to kind of reduce that orgasm gap or that pleasure gap and with the kunyaza technique a lot of people are interested and fascinated by it because a it has the reputation of helping women squirt orgasms and a lot of people are you know interested in the whole squirting phenomenon and then with a lot of men um the male people the men that attend my workshops they're really interested in it because they see it as like a a new trick that they need to learn or something to impress their female partner and again i think with women because it's a technique that prioritizes and focuses on women's pleasure i think a lot of women find it um the technique and the culture behind it quite liberating and fascinating so um kunyaz has been definitely well received not only the book but when i do different workshops not only again because of the technique itself but the history and the culture behind it that again it prioritizes and women's pleasure which is something which you don't really hear about um, nowadays and it's also a non-penetrative technique so it's not about penetrative intercourse. is about ensuring that the man um, stimulates and focuses on the woman's clitoris. And we know that's the most effective route for most women in order to experience um, a climax.
0: We've had some interesting feedback from that uh, episode, actually. People saying that they really enjoy the podcast, that they searched more about Kanyaza. And we didn't ask for the details, but I'm sure they were uh, happy with the results. But today we're going to talk about something that's obviously centered uh, in pleasure, sexuality, but it's the other side. So the topic is actually lasting longer for women's pleasure. So what I want to talk to you about is, is there a pressure on men to last longer?
1: Most definitely. There's a lot of pressure um, um, for men, especially within the context of a heterosexual relationship where men have this understanding or misunderstanding in terms of how long they should last during penetrative intercourse. Now, according to studies, the average man lasts about between four to six minutes in terms of penetrative intercourse until he experiences an orgasm or ejaculates. Whereas because of porn and maybe what he's heard from his male friends and, you know, what people talk about, his expectations is that he's supposed to last maybe half an hour, 45 minutes. And also maybe his female partner expects him to last much longer than he's actually physically capable of lasting in the bedroom. Um, and that's why a lot of men suffer from performance anxiety. Um, and there's not really many people that they can turn to, to have honest and open conversations. Because again, with men, we've got our bravado and in male circles, we will, we will exaggerate our sexual performance. And I use the word performance intentionally because I know, well, I don't think sex should be about performance. It should be about pleasure. But in reality, for a lot of men, sex is a performative act it's a way to kind of show how quote unquote good i am in the bedroom and in order to demonstrate how good i am not only to my female partner but also to my male friends i can demonstrate that by explaining or showing how long i can last in the bedroom or how many rounds i can i can last and um, even when we talk about premature ejaculation there's also a lot of misunderstanding in terms of what is premature ejaculation as in because a man lasts less than three minutes or two minutes doesn't mean that he suffers from premature ejaculation. It might be he's perfectly fine, but again, there's an expectation gap between the man and his female partner many times in terms of in in, in the case of how long he should last in the bedroom. So it's a conversation that's not even is rarely had, um, even between people in the same relationship. And because maybe, for example, the average woman might require, just say there's some studies that says average woman requires 14 minutes of penetrative intercourse in order to experience um, a climax. And that's for women who can orgasm via penetrative intercourse. Whereas, as I said previously, the average man um, lasts for like 5.4 minutes. So there's obviously a time gap. So the man physically, he cannot last as long as the woman requires. So he might need to do different things, different tactics, whether it's the start and stop t- t- technique, the squeeze technique, strengthen these PC muscles in order to improve his ability to maintain um, bedroom performance. And that's why a number of also a number of ED erectile dysfunction pills are so profitable. I'm not going to name any of the brands, but it's because there's expectations that men want to last longer in a bedroom. Now I think it's a noble, um, I think it's virtuous that a man wants to last long in order to satisfy his female partner. I think that's great. But I think it's also important to understand a what your physically capable of doing and then also understanding what your partner's expectations are and then you can try and come to a happy medium shall we say because if you are physically only capable of lasting like i said five to six minutes seven minutes um but your partner requires longer then there's different things that you can do in order to 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 last longer and the kinyasa technique is one of them so it's not just concentrating on thrusting for as long and as hard and fast as you can but it's just incorporating different techniques and tactics and, and, and ultimately having open and honest conversations with your partner and not only honest conversations I would say effective conversations and communications because I don't think many people, especially between agendas, we have these honest conversations about our sexual insecurities and sexual anxieties
0: So, wow there's so much here um, I'm trying to think how we can break this into smaller <laughs> pieces So, and. Um, An average duration of intercourse is four to six minutes. um, This specifically directly to the amount of time that a man can last or usually lasts. But in hindsight, that's not a bad thing. It's a normal thing, but it can be elongated if they want, correct? Correct. So what techniques do you suggest that people actually want to have a longer time during intercourse?
1: Sure. So, if and again, this is where the man needs to understand his body. So, if obviously during thrusting he's getting the to the point of no return, and that means that's just the point just before he's about to ejaculate, he can um, do the start and stop technique, which is basically he comes out of the he comes out obviously with the woman, and then he stops stimulating her, and obviously the fact that he stopped thrusting and stimulating her the feeling of stimulation will subside in him and then he'll lose the ability, not lose the ability, but he won't have that sensation that he wants to ejaculate and then he'll start again. Now, this can be extremely frustrating for his female partner because obviously she may be asking him or wanting him to continue thrusting and, you know, a lot of men, I'm sure, would resonate when, you know, you are trying to preserve yourself and trying to elongate the session, and your partner, she's saying, "No, oh, go harder, faster, faster," because she's really enjoying it. So you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And again, this is um, this is something that a lot of men experience, but and it's not no fault of the woman, but it's just trying to manage. And that's why I said for a lot of men, sex is performative because if it was purely about pleasure, and it was like if you could say sex was a racer, so who was the quickest? One person to get to orgasm, the men generally would win every time because it's very easy for us. Whereas obviously with a woman, you need to kind of negotiate and understand her body. And that's why it's important that um, both the husband and the wife or the male and the female that allow themselves to be vulnerable in the bedroom and allow themselves to communicate effectively. So he's understand- So, And some men, they will... If I'm, I'm going to say some secrets that some men do because we don't want to disappoint our female partner. Sometimes when we are... Getting to the point of no return, but we don't want to disappoint her. We might pretend that we, um, and I've done this myself, I'm not gonna lie. We might pretend that we've we've um suffered an injury, like oh, my calf, I pulled the muscle, <laughs> or hold on, wait, or you might even blame her just to pull out, and then you start again. I'm no, this, this is this because hilarious. it's hilarious, it's hilarious, but it's all it's, we need to preserve our ego. I think many times as men, and so just again, just when you're about to ejaculate, you think, oh no, I don't want to disappoint, especially if it's really to be sure that you've lasted, so you might pretend like, oh wait, hold on, what's that, I heard someone at the door? And then she's like, well, what? So then obviously you pretend and you come out and then you let yourself <laughs> start again. All of these things, a lot of things that men do, seriously, and we're doing it in order, again, to preserve our ego and also we want to ensure that she's satisfied. If my
0: now, husband did that, Habib, I would kill him. <laughs> I'd be like, no. no. <laughs>
1: But in saying that, he's doing it for, I um, mean, if he did do that, if a man's doing that, he's doing it for noble purposes. He's of not course, doing it. Because, again, he wants to, again, like I said, preserve his ego. And it's all well and good saying at all times, that you know, the man should be vulnerable and should say what he's feeling. But that could lead to resentment and disappointment. And there's been times where, you know, I, I've, I've had situations where I'm with someone and I've been, you know, finished fairly quickly. And she's like, is that it? Is that what you've got? And that can be quite disheartening and then it's even difficult to, you know, to start again for the second round. So whilst I do understand when people talk about being completely open and honest at all times, sometimes you need to kind of hold back for yourself kind of thing. So, again, there's some, um, I wouldn't say it's deceitful, but there's some. Trick, shall we say that men do in order to kind of elongate the session but like i said there are you know they can strengthen their pc muscles by performing kegel exercises there is a start and stop technique and to change positions because one thing i forgot to mention is that although the average man lasts like five to six minutes in terms of penetrative intercourse that is just complete thrusting he could change it up in terms of rather than just doing hard and fast thrusting, he can do slow strokes. So obviously if he's doing slow strokes, he's he will last longer and he's not stimulating um, his penis as rigorous, rigorously. So obviously he he, will, he won't have this sensation that he needs to climax. So these are different things that a man can do because unfortunately many people nowadays, especially in the Western world, we monitor our bedroom performance by how long we last. And if that's the case, If you want to last longer, then obviously the slower you're performing penetrative intercourse, naturally you're going to last longer than if he was just doing a hard-thrusting intercourse. So it's just understanding, first and foremost, the man has to understand his body. And then, like I said, when he's getting to the point of no return, he can do some delay tactics, um, or he can try different positions, or try the kunyaza method, which it it still stimulates the woman, so her clitoris will still be stimulated. And obviously, he can then also use his fingers or his mouth to stimulate her orally. Um, So she's continuing to be stimulated, and he's allowing his – the, the sensation to subside, and then he's ready to go again. So these are some of the techniques um, that, again, a man can incorporate in the bedroom.
0: Is the grandma technique a technique? Let me, let me explain. The grandma technique, grandma. Uh, thinking about a grandma or about like a person that doesn't necessarily excite you, could that also be a helpful technique? I don't know. That's just my female brain thinking.
1: So did you call it the grandma?
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) I've never heard of that. Also, in terms of thinking about something else,
0: yes, yes, yeah,
1: of course. So you know, you might think about football, sports, something, something that's totally, you know, in your mind's not attract, not sexy, not stimulating. So that's what, like I said, it plays into. For a number of men, sex can be quite performative because you're trying to distract your mind. You're trying to think of anything and everything apart from what your body's actually enjoying so yeah the grandma technique that's a a new name I've not heard that before but yeah so a man could try the grandma technique to get his mind out of what his body's feeling so there is a disconnect and it's quite interesting because we know a number of women find it difficult to connect their minds and and their body during um, sexual activities in order to experience pleasure whereas for a lot of men in order to prolong the session they need to actively or try and disconnect their mind and their body to, in, order, in order to satisfy the woman. So that's why it's, it's like a game that both the man and the woman is playing with each other.
0: Just FYI, in terms of the grandma technique, you can quote me. Yeah, that's I'm the author of the name. It's not a, no, a known technique, but it will be from now on. Um, so it's interesting how there's a phenomenon that men want to last longer. Um, but then again, there is... It's more like social expectations, not just, you know, on, on, the, on the female side. But you do teach men how to prolong pleasure. So you use these techniques. Is there anything else that you teach? Do you use workshops to teach uh, men? How do you do that?
1: Yeah, so with the workshops, I first and foremost, I just don't give like information because information can bore people, like statistics. It's first dispelling some of the misinformation and miseducation that men might have consumed. Now, not a lot of this, obviously, they might have learned from a textbook. A lot of our sex education that we learn, especially as men, is by osmosis. It's by the people that we're around, the conversations that we hear, and our own experiences, and even what some of our past partners or current partner has said. So that forms our sex education or our, or, or, or our understanding in terms of what is good sex, what is bad sex, what is great sex, what is not so great sex. So. It's to try and dispel this because, like I said, as men, especially as heterosexual men, there is a lot of bravado, a lot of exaggeration in terms of how great we are in the bedroom. And because many a times we're hearing the experience of men and how great they are in the bedroom, we don't also hear the experiences, the honest experiences of women. And we know for a lot of women it's not necessarily sexual pleasure or good sex doesn't necessarily mean that he has to have a really large member or he needs to last hours or you know in the bedroom but that's what we've been that's what we think is the case because of what we heard from men so i try and even when i have like the men only um sessions or workshops explain what women are saying in terms of what is great sex what is satisfying sex so they're not under this pressure where they feel that Okay, I, I even need to have, you know, a really large um, member. I need to last X amount of time in the bedroom. So to try and, like I said, eradicate some of those misconceptions. And then I'll talk about some of the s- statistics in terms of, okay, like the average man lasts five and a half minutes. Now, even when I say that, it just sounds really short. But then I try and explain, like, okay, if someone, if someone were to say that they were to run, like sprinted, um 800 meters like two laps around a lap i'm around a track sprinted flat out would you say that's possible now most people say that they know that's not humanly possible because even a top class sprinter would not doesn't sprint 800 they pace themselves so i'm also explaining that during sex, during intercourse if you're just going at, at it like a, a jackhammer rabbit approach really fast you're not going to last even five minutes so When you're understanding, when I'm breaking down, okay, how long is five and a half minutes? That's if you're thrusting at full pelt, or even if you're just thrusting, because naturally, the question then I pose to the men as well is that if you're really enjoying the sensation, right, you're enjoying the intercourse, why should it take you 30 minutes, 40 minutes to climax? Then they flip it the other way around, and then you understand, actually, I don't, if I'm really enjoying it, and obviously, um, yeah, I'm enjoying the um, intercourse, Why does it take me 45 minutes? It shouldn't take me 45 minutes. So it's just under it's just like I said, it's just eradicating some of the misinformation and the misconceptions that people have. And then they're comfortable that, okay, it's not that I last too short. It's just that this is just how long I last in order to climax. Then it's understand, okay, what does your partner need? What does she require? Now, if your partner requires 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that's fine. But the onus, and I'm and I make and I'm not ashamed to say this, I prioritize women's pleasure. I tell men that your partner's pleasure should come before yours. I'm not I'm not for equal opportunities in that respect. <laughs> As in, I always I'm always teaching men that forget about your pleasure, delay your gratification in order to satisfy her. Now when you've got that mindset going into any and every sexual session or sexual encounter, you're going to try and do whatever you can to ensure that she's satisfied either first or at least with you because you know generally speaking for men it doesn't take it's not very difficult for us to experience a climax so when you when they've got that mindset that okay they're prioritizing females pleasure they're prioritizing the pleasure of their female partner then the onus is on okay if maybe I can only last five minutes, four minutes, seven minutes, but she requires longer in terms of clitoral stimulation or G-spot stimulation, I'm going to do whatever I can to ensure that she's satisfied and then I can get whatever I need to get off at later. And I think when men have that, so it's, it's, it's changing that mindset. And I think because a lot of men, we focus so much on penetrative intercourse, um, as in that's the only way to experience pleasure both for ourselves and for our partner. Inevitably, what, what that will lead to is disappointment for the woman, because she needs, generally speaking, more than just penetrative intercourse. She needs to be, obviously, mentally stimulated. She needs to be in the right frame of mind. She needs plenty of um, foreplay, clitoral stimulation in order to experience um, climax. But if you're just concentrating on penetrative intercourse, like there are a number of men who just go straight into penetrative intercourse. They don't think about any fondling, any even foreplay. And again, that's not something that will be pleasurable for your, you know, your partner. And it's something that you may get off, but again, that's why it's all about prioritizing, like I said, and emphasizing female pleasure as opposed to male gratification
0: no i completely I completely understand the point, and my my thought process because i am I am a woman, um, is that is it really that important that men last longer, or is it what you were saying? you know, use other tools. It's not just intercourse. You know, maybe the 14 minutes that the average woman needs to climax is not during intercourse. It can be for various, uh, through various types of um, stimulation. Or am I wrong? You know, what is the feedback that you have from women from your, your workshops or from other men? You know, the, is this amount supposed to be more focused on intercourse? Is it supposed to be a mix? Is it, does it depend on the person? That's
1: a very good question. That's a very good question. The question of lasting longer is not should it's not it shouldn't be an issue, but because of culturally how we understand sex, it is an issue because we define sex or good sex by again especially as men how long we last in the bedroom. And unfortunately, there are even you know there are songs about like one minute man, and there are even women who make fun of men if he lasts. Like women will even ridicule a man because either um, he's got a small penis. Or because he he only lasted like a minute or two minutes or what have you. So as much as we can say that it shouldn't be an issue culturally, the society that we're living in, it is an issue. And men are aware of that. Men have these have men have insecurities and anxieties like anyone else. But it's rarely spoken about. So because a lot of men are under pressure, that even for example, you know, a woman can climax within two minutes. It's possible, right? But if you were to say, I lasted two three minutes but she climaxed within that time of course that's not an issue but people just assume that a woman is not going to climax within a couple of minutes or she's not going to be satisfied within a couple of minutes that's and it's the man's fault so because that's the way the discussion is framed and it's not a coincidence that you know erectile dysfunction pills are a lot of people are buying them especially young men it's not only older men so we know you know there's you know viagra which is popular amongst um, men over a certain age now there's you no know, like blue chew pills that is even very popular amongst younger men and they're targeting a lot of younger men nowadays on social media and a lot of podcasts and it's because men equate good sex with how long they last in the bedroom so I do agree with your question as in it shouldn't be an issue and there are other ways in order to um, ensure that the woman or both partners are pleasant and experience satisfaction and I liked the way you framed it, lasting longer for female pleasure as opposed to lasting longer for female climax. Because a woman can experience pleasure, she doesn't need to have a climax or orgasm in order to have a satisfying sexual experience. So that's why, but you can't measure pleasure, that's the problem. Because, that's, that's, because you can't measure pleasure, we want to quantify and measure things. How long have you last, you can measure. And an orgasm or ejaculation, sometimes also, you can, there's like evidence for it um but because obviously we live in a, a society where people want to quantify things and it's easier to explain to you know to boast or to talk about to your to your friends that's why there is this pressure on terms of how long you do last in the bedroom
0: no i i understand that there's a lot of pressure and you know with all the podcasts and everything that i research i know there is and of course i'm in a relationship so mm. of course i also have my issues um but yeah, for me specifically, it's not very important how long it lasts, but how yeah. how we can frame pleasure within you know the two of us. If it's yeah. foreplay, is it after? If it is after intercourse, if there's no intercourse, but that is just mm-hmm. my vision. I'm not saying it's like everybody else's. Um, you touched on a point that I want to I want to talk about, which was the size of the penis. So um, because I know that the G spot is really in the beginning of the woman's vagina, why is it such an issue with the size of the penis? Because any, any man or any male that has, you know, two, three centimeters of, of, of a penis um, can reach the, G spot, the woman's G-spot, which is supposed to be, because it depends on, 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 on the woman, the most pleasurable part, internal pleasurable part of the woman. So does it make sense for all this pressure uh towards size?
1: It's just not. I mean, I'm not although I speak and teach about the G Spot, I'm not um a strong advocate for it as in I think even with uh, even with women, there's a lot of pressure that I need to find the G Spot. And if I don't have the G Spot, then maybe something's wrong with me, or that's or that should be the most pleasurable part when that's not necessarily the case for every woman. Now, again, according to like, the G Spot is Um, located I think one to two inches within the um, anterior wall of the vagina so the upper wall of the vagina now the most effective way to stimulate the G-spot or the G-spot area is probably with the fingers it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily require the penis so it doesn't so the penis is out of the picture in terms of G-spot stimulation and like you mentioned even if a man has got a relatively small penis that's maybe maybe three to four inches or what have you he can still stimulate the g-spot but again i think in this society in many societies a lot of men's sexuality is linked to their penis and their penis sizes so the reason why again it's important similar to how long men last in the bedroom people even women would also criticize or ridicule a man if his penis is small so if he's got a small penis that means he can't satisfy me in the bedroom that means he's not a good lover and again, there is this a lot of this pressure and there's a lot of men that even um, undergo um, like penis enlargement surgeries to try and um, elongate the labor. That is the, the two most requested questions that men complain about is the size of their penis and how, um, and how they can last long in the bedroom. So it's, it's definitely an insecurity that a lot of men do have. And it sh- it's not an issue if we're speaking about pleasure. And that's why like, even like with the Kinyasa technique I teach or with the G-spot stimulation and the different techniques, Size doesn't matter in that respect. It doesn't matter. But culturally, in our Western society, size does matter because if, if I'm sure if, I'm not saying this is the case, but if one of your girlfriends says, oh, I've seen a man, I'm dating a man and his penis is only like a couple of inches, a lot of people would assume that he can't satisfy his partner because we link size to pleasure and size to orgasm. That's why. So there's a lot of, like I said, you know, miseducation and misinformation that needs to be debunked um, and again, because whether we like or not, a lot of people do have these insecurities and it's quite funny because when I hold workshops on mixed gendered workshops um, and or well, I'm doing a workshop like with a woman and she will talk about, you know, like the average penis is only like five to six inches or the average vaginal canal is like four inches. So therefore the average penis will definitely be able to, you know, she'd be able to stimulate the average woman. A lot of women, when they hear like the average size of the vaginal canal or what the average or the what, there's no such thing as normal in terms of what the vulva looks like, they're comforted by that because, oh, at least I'm normal. When I say that same thing to men, they're not interested about the average. They want to be the best. So if you tell me the average penis is six inches, I don't care what the average size. If you're, I want to know who, what's the biggest penis i know someone or i've heard of someone i've seen porn this guy's penis is like 12 nine inches i want nine inches (laughs) and that's the thing with men again it, it goes back to you know male bravado male ego that a lot of us don't necessarily want to be average we want to be the best we don't want to be like if a woman were to say you know you're an average lover you know you're like all the other lovers i've been with i'll be shocked in that my heart will be my ego will be tainted I want to be the best and again I'm not saying that's right but that just feeds into the way men generally view sexuality as in we want to be be considered to be the best as, it, as compared to I'm not all women but generally speaking whereas the conversation with women is like I don't want to be abnormal as long as I'm normal as long as I'm like everyone, at least I'm like similar to everyone else, then at least I'm okay in that respect. Whereas again, like I said, with men, where we're vying to be like the best, <laughs> the best lover and the best, you know, the biggest penis, which again is problematic because you're not, it's difficult to be the best in, in, in all categories, in situations.
0: I'll confess something. So some people associate the size, like, like you, you know, you were saying that girlfriend conversation. So size, um, you know, equals pleasure. I am, I, my, my train of thought is completely different. So if I'm with somebody and I'm, this is very personal. uh, If I'm with somebody like a man that I've just met Mm -hmm. and he is completely self-absorbed, the first thing I think is, Oh, you're going to be so bad at sex. I just can't think how he's going to be thinking about somebody else's pleasure. So if you're a a self-absorbed man and you're my friend, I'm sorry. That's what I think. Um, but I'm sure you're not gonna think you're self-absorbed, so I won't have any complaints from any friends. Uh, I don't know, it's just my train of thought. I'm not I'm sure I'm wrong.
1: No, 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 that's valid. Um just to clarify that are you is that the self absorbed female friend or self absorbed male friend? What would you are you talking about a man or woman in that situation? Uh,
0: both, but I was actually talking about men.
1: Okay. So if he's self absorbed as in he's concentrating and focused about himself and how big he big he is, is that what you're saying?
0: Yes, just, you know somebody okay. that just talks about themselves. That's you know just wants to show you how good their body is, how pretty they are, how how intelligent yeah. they are. How everything's about them. I don't think if if you're not a good listener, or at least if you're not interested in the other person in a normal conversation, will you really be interested in pleasuring them? But yeah, that's just me. Also, giving like a. No.
1: No, that's very good. That's very good. And that's actually something that I do touch on um, in my workshops. The difference, understanding the difference between being a selfish and a selfless lover. And again, I think there's a lot of men in the society, the bravado. We are, we are, a lot of us are selfish lovers. Like We're concentrating and thinking about how good we are um, and how big we are, rather than trying to understand and being attentive to our female partner's needs. Now, again, when I even bring this in the conversation, it's very difficult to frame this initially so it's like i will kind of frame like okay we're going to talk about how to last long in the bedroom because men are generally goal orientated so they're going to list or how to make your partner squirt how to make it have multiple orgasms then they're interested in that because they're goal orientated and then i'll bring in some of the which is essentially the important parts about being it's not necessarily about that goal it's about being understanding and understanding your female partner not being thinking all about yourself and prioritizing women's pleasure but if i were to advertise or have a course and be like prioritizing women's pleasure or the importance of, you know, being in tune with her body. A lot of men are not going to be interested if if I'm completely honest with you, but what you said is true, like in terms of, but that's more of a, the mindset and the attitude that men need to adopt. But again, like I said, in order to attract a lot of men, you need to, well, I, my experience is that you, it has to kind of be like a goal orientated kind of selfish Selfish um, tagline. Then you rope them in, and then you talk about what's actually really important. Um, so that's why it's very because I do get a lot of um, messages and people, especially um, female sex educators, or um, will ask me, "Okay, I'm having difficulty. I have a lot of these workshops, but I'm having difficulty attracting you know male, male men to attend." And I just said this to framing as like as much as you know, like the way. I will approach or target or speak to a male predominantly male audience is very different to I'm speaking to a, a predominantly female audience and I'm not and I'm unapologetic in that. Like whether we like it or not, there's different things that attract us. So if I'm, for example, going to speak about to women, I might use the words like vulnerability and things like that. To men, it it sounds like weakness. They want to hear respect. They want to hear, you know, um climax, orgasms, you know, they want to hear these more. <laughs> And again, for some women, when they hear that, that's like, oh, that's crude. And why do you frame it in that such sort of a way? And I try to explain, when we're speaking about effective communication, there's one thing speaking about communication. There's another thing speaking about effective communication. Effective communication is something that resonates with the recipient of the message. If I'm speaking in a way that res- that doesn't resonate with a man or my male audience, it's not effective. So I can use all of these nice words about you know, being fond, which they are true but it doesn't resonate. So a man's going to listen to it and think that's not for me.
0: Oh, 100%. You know, so it,
1: yeah, so that, that, that's something that I think even, not only in the context of educators, but also within the context of a relationship, both the man and the woman need to navigate in terms of understanding what would be the most effective way to communicate my message, because the message is valid and it's fine. But I think one of the issues that we have is that men, because obviously a lot of the content that that men listen to or they speak to is Male orientated, they're not able to communicate that message effectively to women. And likewise, a lot of the messaging and the conversation that women have is women female orientated. The messaging, the vocabulary that they use is not as effective when men hear that. And that's why he's trying to bridge that gap. And a lot of the work I'm trying to do is trying to bridge the gap where both men and women can speak and understand each other, both outside of the bedroom and inside the bedroom. And that can hopefully result in. Um, increase mutual pleasure between between the two but it's difficult
0: (laughs) correct me if i'm wrong but what i understand from your conversation and also you know from my perspective and from my views is that men are very goal oriented so it's the climax it's pleasuring her it's um you know achieving something that they can brag about um and this this doesn't go to all men so sorry if you don't if, if this doesn't suit you, uh, but women are more about the journey. So about the pleasure that they're feeling on that journey, about uh, sharing that moment with somebody special. Does, does it make sense?
1: 100%. And a number of studies have um, confirmed that. So this is, this is something me personally, personal experience, the friends that I know of, what I've researched and other studies have said the same. So this isn't, and again, I'm I'm speaking genera- generally, not every single man. So I know some people, I'm not like that. And I'm saying generally speaking, that that's that's the case. So, and you can see it from the type of content that men consume compared to the content that women consume. It's, there's no denying that a lot of the content that men view is kind of very visual or goal orientated in terms of this is what I need, in terms of this will make me a better lover or better, you know, person in the bedroom whereas women it's more about like you said the journey the overall experience which and there's neither of them are wrong but it's just coming to a mutual ground especially again within the obviously the context of a heterosexual relationship, if you've got two people who've got different type of orientations, like goal oriented pleasure orientated, it's not that one or two is wrong, but they both want mutual satisfaction. They just need to come to an understanding and alignment of how we can both achieve mutual satisfaction. But if I'm going to men speaking to, to men who are generally goal orientated and the approach and language I'm using is what I would give, speak to women, it's not going to be effective. That's that's that, that's the kind of like the whole point
0: completely makes sense because we are all different people. So we just need to be talked to with the sort of communication style that, you know, suits us. Yeah. Um, Habib, I think this has been an amazing episode and I'm sure a lot of people will want to follow you and know where you um, share content. So can you share your social uh, ta- handles, please?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, my social media handle on Twitter and Instagram is Habib underscore Akande. So Habib spelled H-A-B-E-E-B underscore A-K-A-N-D-E and my website, Rabah, dot com. So that's where all my books and the content I, I put out is on.
0: I think you, put, you pull out such amazing content, especially because lately you've been sharing uh, messages that people share with you, ask you, obviously uh, hiding their identities, and you ask your community to answer. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, the reason why I do that and I intentionally, so I, I get a number of messages both from men and women um, about you know some sexual problems and um, sexual concerns or or wanting to kind of improve their bedroom performance or increase pleasure and some of the messages or the most interesting messages, obviously I will, I will make it anonymous, I will hide any kind of like personal details related to their name or anything like that, but I'll repost it and ask the people that follow me like what are their thoughts. And the reason why I do that is even when I'm pri- communicating privately with the person that messaged me, I'll give my own advice if if I can, but also will let them know I'll put it out for the, the my followers to view just to, so they can know that the nature of advice, I'm not the guru. My, my advice is my advice. And again, I'm, Bias. I'm a man, I'm a heterosexual man, so I might see things one way. And I'd like to put it out there so so they can see what other people's perspective, perceptions, perceptions are or their advice. And also, it's also to normalise everyone has sexual problems and issues or will have sexual problems, like we have relationship problems. And I think, especially in a lot of faith-based communities, we don't really hear about that. It's like everyone is fine and there's no issues. So that's why I, I post those messages for two purposes. A, so people can see um I'm more than happy to chime in with the advice and certainly to try and normalise that. What you're going through, you may feel that you're the only person, but trust me, there's a lot of people that are going through something similar. One thing I would, though, say is that, interestingly enough, um, a lot of the people that post publicly are women, but a lot of the men will privately respond to me in terms of the advice that they give. Interesting. Yeah, I do get that. A lot of them, and one of the reasons is because If a man were to say something which is not necessarily in agreement with what a lot of the women that posts are saying, he will get attacked. And that happens quite a lot. And I generally don't even show my response as well. Um, So especially when there's kind of like marital issues or relationship issues, a lot of the advice um, is from the, the women followers, female followers, leave him, divorce him, get rid of him, find a new man, he's insensitive. At the most, it might be go to couples, um a relationship counselling. If it's the other way around, and it's maybe the man is um, sending a message and he's speaking about issues he's having with his um, female partner, a lot of the messages from the women is it's like, you don't have to satisfy her. You've got a problem. She'd, and it's very biased and one-sided. And I, I, and, and, I, and I post it so people can kind of see. And I think a lot of the people that are posting are not seeing the, um, the contradictions in the messaging that they give it. So I had one recently where I posted a, um, a husband that was with oh, um, a husband that was withholding sex, and then two days later I posted a, a similar. Someone responded and said, obviously the wife is withholding sex, and the responses are very different. Um, when it's with 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 the woman, it's you know maybe because the man has an issue, he's not satisfying her, he's not bringing her, you know. And then with, when it's the husband that's doing it, he is like the antichrist, <laughs> so it's just very inch And that's why, again, like I said, it's, just, it's it's very, especially, and although my platform is for both men and women, I'm mainly speaking to men, but women can listen. And the reason why I do that, I just don't believe me as a man, I should be telling women what what to do, apart from obviously the woman that I'm with. So because of that, I direct like a lot of my content as if I'm speaking to a male audience, but women are more than welcome to kind of chime in. but. Funny enough, like I said, a lot of the men would not comment publicly because a lot of the women might, you know, say something. Um, and, And the last but not least, what it's shown me is that a lot of advice is bad. A lot of people give bad advice. I know that it might not be the politically correct thing to say, but that's the truth. Not every advice, and including my own, that's why I don't always give advice. And sometimes their best advice is to be silent because you don't know all of the facts and circumstances. And I think it's quite dangerous when if someone's coming to you with a potential issue, the first thing to say is leave him, divorce, get rid of him. When you don't know the person's, you know, social financial situation, they could have kids. You know, they may be, as long as the person obviously is not in, in clear danger, but this idea that just get rid of him, this person. And I just think, and that's also what I try and communicate privately with the people. Just be careful when you're seeking advice. Not everyone that's given advice you should necessarily take it listen to it if it works for you take it if it doesn't don't and I think there's a lot of shame that unfortunately people are under both men and women that if and that's why another reason why I think people don't speak about some of the sexual problems and issues that they're going through because the advice that people give is like if you don't do this then you must be weak you must be something's wrong with you so people try to you know keep quiet and unfortunately they're suffering in silence.
0: Oh, 100%. I agree with you. So don't listen to all advice that you that you ask or receive. Sometimes you don't even ask. Habib, just to finish off the podcast, do you have any upcoming uh, workshops?
1: Yes. So I'm planning to do um, some more kanyaza workshops, hopefully the end of next month. So end of October, I might do another one in November. So I'm now thinking about whether I'm going to do a a male men only kunyata workshop or do a mixed gendered or separated but i'm definitely planning to do some kunyata workshops within the next couple of months so again if you follow me on instagram and i'll keep people updated in terms of when that will be
0: awesome i'm so sad that i'm not in the uk to go to your workshops i would love to actually (laughs) um but yes please do follow aviv he has very interesting content and the workshops are gold uh, from everything that I hear, because unfortunately I haven't been able to uh, join uh, one of them. Habib, thank you. You're always an awesome guest, and I actually want to invite you a third time uh, in a few months to to answer questions. What about that? Just you know, the most asked questions that you receive, and we can just talk about them.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I'll I'd be more than happy to come back.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Habib. Thank you. And that was Intimacy Play. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about Pleasy and how we can take your relationship to the next level, visit PleasyPlay.com. Then also make sure to search for Intimacy Play in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click Subscribe, so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Pleasy, thank you for listening.